Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. Done. Another painting finished. In the books. What am I going to do with all these? If only somebody could save me. Oh, God. You scared me. How'd you get in here? Well, you know what they say. Anytime he closes a door, he opens a window. Oh. Yeah, but, but what are you doing here? Oh, oh, yes. I'm here to save your soul. My soul? I just wanted some help with my art. Oh, your art? (laughs) Good luck, kid. Wait a minute. Ah, shit. Ah, isn't that always the way? Where are they when you need them? Welcome back to the podcast. As you might have guessed from the intro, we're going to talk about something that I call the artist-savior complex. And you might think that this means, oh, somebody who goes around saving artists and giving them money or giving them notoriety or bankrolling them or whatever. But I mean the opposite. I mean when an artist has this idea in their mind that all they need to do is just create the work and focus on the work and everything else will take care of itself. Somebody will come down from above, like in the old theater, a deus ex machina, Somebody will come out of the sky and save you at the end. Like a gallery owner will come down and pluck you out of obscurity and just give you your day in the sun. And all of a sudden, everybody's going to be fawning all over you and buying your work. And you'll have collectors all over the world and you'll be a millionaire. (sighs) Well, as you might have guessed from my exaggeration, that that's probably not going to happen. And you know what? Even if it does happen... There's so much stuff that happens behind the scenes for years that leads up to that point of somebody doing the work and putting themselves out there to be discovered. So it's not just like, I mean, first of all, how are people going to even find you if you're just working in obscurity and you're working, 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 not getting your stuff out there, not developing any business acumen, not doing social media, not doing any marketing? How are people going to discover you in a sea of artists? So We're going to talk a little bit about that today from my 107 degree heat in the valley. We are going to talk about it. So you'll have to excuse any madness that comes from any mind melting that's happening right now. And it's happening. So let's get into the episode. All right. Lesson one coming at you. Put yourself out there. You heard it first from your buddy McConaughey. This is Liam here. Lesson number two, develop your very particular set of skills. 
Well, well. Lesson number three from your friend, Al. You are not a unique snowflake. Too over the top? Too over the top? I'm Ron Burgundy? Too over the top, maybe. But hey, sometimes these voices help things to sink in a little bit. So what do I mean by all that? Well, first one's pretty simple from McConaughey. Put yourself out there. Get your work out there where people can see it. You know, back in the day, this used to be a little bit harder. Now it's very easy. We know from all of our good friends like Jean-Michel Basquiat, Banksy, Shepard Ferry, you know, Keith Haring, all these guys, you know, they put it out there. They were able to get their stuff out in the public eye, on buildings, on subway stations, where people saw it. And by the time they were getting into galleries, they already had a reputation. Their work had already been seen. They'd already made a splash on the underground. So that's a very good way of, you know, developing that reputation and getting eyeballs on your work. Now you can do that with social media very easily. You can do it with alternative ways of marketing. You can do it an old thing of grassroots, kind of like murals and street art and all that stuff. You can still do all that, but think outside of the box. Find unique ways of getting yourself out there, getting your work into the public eye. And then, you know, by the time somebody sees it, you might already have a reputation too. The second one from our buddy Liam is... Develop your skills. Don't put the cart before the horse. Get your work to a level where it's consistent. I'm always harping on consistency, quality and consistency. I'm always harping on that. Whether it's quality and consistency of uploads to online art marketplaces or whether it's just quality and consistency of the work that you're just producing in the studio, that is paramount. That's the main thing you need to be focusing on is cranking out the quality and the consistency because with that, quality and consistency, you're also going to develop that reputation of being like somebody who can deliver and an artist that people can go, oh, look at this. Everything that this person puts out is quality over time. They can go over your body of work and just go, man, this person has hundreds and hundreds of pieces that are quality. And let me tell you, nobody's really going to give you your shot, your big shot, your day in court without your voice, without you developing your voice and body of work, without having that as something to fall back on, you know, having something distinct that people can go, oh yeah, this is this artist. This is what defines this artist. And maybe it's a bunch of things, but something that speaks to you, that speaks from you to other people, that's going to catch people's eye. And thirdly, like our buddy Al put it not so subtly, is you're not a unique snowflake. Now, you are a unique snowflake, of course. We are all unique. We are all special. And yet we are all no more special than the other person, right? So becoming humble and gracious is a skill that you can develop as an artist. These are all things that I had to work on early on. I was so ready to go. I fell victim to the artist savior uh, syndrome early on, and it lasted me for over a decade, 12 years, 14 years. And man, it did not make me happy because I just started feeling like, people are just not understanding me. They're not discovering me. Like, this is unfair. The art world's unfair. And you know what? Nobody says the art world has to be fair. And nobody says that life has to be fair. And everybody knows that this is America, or wherever you're listening to it, this is, you know, this is the new game. This is the art world. Like, we have to get our work out there. There's a lot of competition. So you cannot just sit back, even if you are cranking out the work like I used to do, and I had a huge body of work before I started to successfully, 
you know, quit my day job and, and become a full-time artist where I was supporting myself fully. Like I had a lot of work, but it didn't matter because nobody was really seeing it. I mean, the, the right people weren't seeing it. I was getting into shows. I was doing pop-up shows. I was doing small gallery shows. I was probably doing four or five of those a year. And that was fine, but it wasn't the right kind of attention. I was not in the driver's seat. I thought if I hit the right gallery, if I hit the right person, they were going to take over the reins. Well, one thing, and it's kind of a harsh reality for some of us, but it's also very empowering once you really are able to digest it and kind of get it. It is we are in the driver's seat. Like we can figure out what our own little niche is. We can figure out how we want to portray ourselves in the art world and how we want to carve out our little section of the art world and you know have that be something that we dictate. That's very important and that's very empowering and that's really cool. And that's also going to be something that eventually, if you do catch the eyeball or the attention of one of these blue chip galleries or somebody who really is a mover and a shaker or controls some of the big strings... Well, that's going to serve you well, having already carved out your little niche, having carved out a corner of the art world that is your own. That's going to make you even more viable and attractive to that person or to that entity. Because it's just like anything now. If you want to publish a book, you're trying to you know, approach a publishing house. A lot of times they're going to say, well, what have you done? Like, How many books have you sold? Uh, do you have an audience yet? And if you say no to those things, they're probably not going to take a risk on you unless you know them, unless they're a good, close, personal friend of yours. They're not going to really take that risk on you. So take the reins. That's what I'm saying. If you get nothing else from this episode, it is that we have to internalize that our careers are in our own hands. That doesn't mean that nobody will help you out ever. I definitely did not get any help for many years. It was kind of soul crushing for a long time and it was very depressing, but I learned the hard way and it took me time, but I also learned it. I learned the lesson and now it's ingrained in my brain. So whatever it takes, you know, re-listen to this if you need to, but get that concept that you need to take the reins and you need to put yourself out there in the right way with consistency and quality and a body of work. And that will serve you very well. Most of the people that I know and that I work with and that are contemporaries of mine and people that I've had on the podcast like Drika Lobo and Sarah Svetlana and Theodosia Marchant and, you know, you name it, a bunch of people that I've had on here, Mike Dubois and Man One and even recently Nancy Hadley. If you look at all their stories, most of them forged their own path. They found their own way to figure it out. It wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to find a gallery that's going to pluck me and, you know, make me famous. A lot of these people found their own path and did interesting things. Uh, Lisa Collins is a great example of somebody who, you know, forged her own path also and found her little niche with painting houses and historical houses and, and pounding the pavement and creating these awards and all this stuff. It's really interesting how there are so many different paths. I know a lot of people who do really well and just go and do art fairs like Betsy Etzenberger did a lot of that stuff. She's always, now she's got a lot of galleries that are representing her, but she was really pounding the pavement and working in galleries and, you know, doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff. So find out which one's right for you. For me, it was taking the reins, finding out how to market, really getting involved with online art marketplaces while simultaneously being in brick and mortar galleries, but finding a place where I could have more control. You know, that's something that worked very well for me. And 
any of these methods or something that you can come up with on your own are probably going to be the right approach for you. The, the, the approach that's going to eventually get you quote unquote discovered or whatever. Maybe you don't need to get discovered. I'm at a place where I'm making a living and making a comfortable living doing what I do and I love it and I have control over it. I still show in galleries. I still do interesting gigs. Like I've got this gig coming up where I'm going to have my artwork in a program through the government that does art in embassies where I'm going to have work in Cameroon and it's going to be you know on display for anybody who comes in through the embassy and I'm in the company of people like you know George O'Keefe and the Kooning and a bunch of really good artists. It's like an amazing opportunity. But all these things happen because I first forged my own path. And I know all these other people like Drika Lobo, she forged her own path and she's doing a lot of her own stuff. And if you look at her Instagram, she's you know, writing books, she's promoting a book. I was just there at her book reading. My wife and I went at Barnes and Noble at the Grove in Hollywood. And that was really awesome. But she's always doing her own little commissions and she's always got like these courses she's teaching and things that she's doing that is unique to her that is not relying on some person to come and pluck her out and like put her in the gallery and have that be her only source of income. I only know a few artists who are really represented by a very well-known gallery that kind of is responsible for most of their income. Most of the people I know are kind of doing their own thing. They're in control of their destiny. And anything else that comes out of that is a bonus. And it's something that was generated from all of this hard work that they've put in behind the scenes. So hopefully you'll come away from this episode with a little bit of inspiration to take control of your own career, take control of what you're doing behind the scenes and not be waiting for somebody or seeking out that person that's going to be your artistic savior because chances are that's probably not going to happen. And chances are, if you do the work yourself behind the scenes, you have a higher probability of that happening. It's kind of weird. Life works out that way. It's like when you're in the flow and you're in a flow state and you're not worried about that kind of stuff, it just comes to you very effortlessly. And that's just the way it is. So all the more reason to take control of your own career. And look, it takes a lot of confidence. It takes a lot of gumption, as I always say, to do this. It reminds me of that story that I heard of Mark Ryden, who I love. He's a very famous kind of lowbrow pop surrealist artist who I really love his work, and I've seen his exhibitions in person, and he's great. But I remember hearing a story. I can't even remember the gallery, but he went into a very famous gallery with one of his great paintings and was like, can you sell this? You know, And they basically turned him away, and he said, that's fine. I'll sell it myself. And then he went on to do great things, but it was because he had that like drive. First of all, he had the gall to go in there and ask them. And even though he's now, you know, a very famous artist and somebody who's got a lot of accolades, you know, this person is probably kicking themselves who turned him away. But that's what happens to all of us. We just have to remember that no's can only strengthen us. And getting a no and then getting yourself back up, using that no as fuel for your fire to kind of figure out that you have control of your own career and find the way to make it happen. That's the most important thing. And that's what's important about that story. So hopefully this has been inspirational to you. Hopefully this has lit a fire under your ass. All you got to do now is just keep creating and do some deep diving and figure out the best way for you to carve out your own little niche in the art world. So thanks a million for listening. Take care out there. 
and we'll see y'all next time on The Living Artist. I'm back to save you. Ah, forget you. I've already figured it out. Well, you can't win them all. You open the window, I'm gonna close the door on your ass. This has been The Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time. <laughs>